Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Check out this episode. I'm reading from Diedrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together, and I'm just sharing a few thoughts on the importance of knowing what it really means to be in community as far as solitude and silence goes, being able to be with people and not be with people. Oh, how important this is in our development as maturing sons. Take a listen. I hope it encourages you to go deeper with him and to live more clean and real in community with other believers. Okay, I want to share some thoughts because this is so important on solitude and silence. Being able to be with yourself and to learn the uh, value of your aloneness with him in the secret place. And I'm drawing this reading from Diedrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together. Um, and, And I just wanted to prompt you Because so many people um, struggle and have difficulty being with themselves, being alone, um, what it really means and the value of solitude and silence. Or if they do it, they do it in a way that's more reclusive, uh, isolation uh, than the enemy. My friends, let me tell you, the enemy has a secret place also, Uh, the counterfeiter, uh, the perverter. Um, and so what he loves to do is not, not the secret place like where the Father speaks to you and brings life to you, but the secret, isolated, bitter place. You talk about bitter. He gets you alone, isolates you, tell you no one understands, nobody's like you. He can either take you to the height of the pride of being so unique, there's no one like you. That's the grandiosity of his isolation. Or he puts you off in the isolation of shame where, you know, there's, you know, you're the only one. What's wrong with you? Nobody else does this. Nobody else struggles with this. You're so weird. You're so odd, right? Do you see? I mean, he just pitches you one way or the other. But my friends, listen carefully. Do not allow the enemy to isolate you. That's what a narcissist, an abuser will do. Um, This is what um, even those who are predatory will do. They like to get you off. They're the only one who understands you, right? Nobody else gets you, right? Um, That is so, so evil. (laughs) So not what the Father does when He brings us to the place where we understand solitude and silence with Him. Because then, my friends, we are fit to be alone or to be with hundreds. The Father is bringing us to himself. So could I read and give you some thoughts? Uh, Because this this book, Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer, has many elements in it about real Christian community. And um, it's just always so provoking to me. And you know how I am. I don't want to keep all that to myself. So I just want to share these thoughts with you and give you food for thought. 
This is out of chapter three. It's called The Day Alone. Now remember, he's describing aspects of what it means to live among other Christians and what the Father has meant, what Jesus meant, what Holy Spirit means for that to mean to us. There is a reason, my friends, that we are a body, that there is a supply from Holy Spirit, and then there's a supply that goes um, um, between us, among us. Uh, but it does not have its source in flesh and sin and self and hell. Its source is their very way of life, the Godhead, their way of life. And there is a supply, an interdependent supply that we bring to each other. Anyway, so many things I could share, but here we go. Chapter three, The Day Alone. And this is just excerpts from that chapter. Many people seek fellowship because they are afraid to be alone. Because they cannot stand loneliness, they are driven to seek the company of other people. There are Christians, too, who cannot endure being alone, who have had some bad experiences with themselves, who hope they will gain some help in association with others. And they are generally disappointed. Then they blame the fellowship for what is really their own fault. The Christian community is not a spiritual sanatorium. The person who comes into a fellowship because he is running away from himself is misusing it for the sake of diversion, no matter how spiritual this diversion may appear. He is really not seeking community at all, but only distraction, which will allow him to forget his loneliness for a brief time, the very alienation that creates the deadly isolation of man. The disintegration of communication and all genuine experience and finally resignation and spiritual death are the result of such attempts to find a cure. Solitude and silence. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. He will only do harm to himself and to the community. Alone you stood before God when he called you. Alone you had to answer that call. Alone you had to struggle and pray. And alone you will die and give an account to God. You cannot escape from yourself, for God has singled you out. If you refuse to be alone, you are rejecting Christ's call to you. And you can have no part in the community of those who are called. A quote from Luther. The challenge of death comes to us all, and no one can die for another. Everyone must fight his own battle with death by himself, alone. And I will not be with you then, nor you with me. Close quote. But the reverse is also true. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Into the community you were called. The call was not meant for you alone. In the community of the called, you bear your cross, you struggle, you pray. You are not alone, even in death. And on the last day, you will be only one member of the great congregation of Jesus Christ. If you scorn the fellowship of the brethren, you reject the call of Jesus Christ, and thus your solitude can only be hurtful to you. If I die, then I am not alone in death. If I suffer, they, the fellowship, suffer with me. That is also a quote from Luther. We recognize then that only as we are within the fellowship can we be alone, and only he that is alone can live in the fellowship. 
Only in the fellowship do we learn to be rightly alone, and only in aloneness do we learn to live rightly in the fellowship. It is not as though the one preceded the other. Both begin at the same time, namely with the call of Jesus Christ. Each by itself has profound pitfalls and perils. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into the void of words and feelings, and one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation, and despair. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Now, this is where I'm going to close out the reading from Diedrich's book. And I want to just make these simple comments. Because oftentimes when you're reading uh, from these older saints and you are not familiar with their way of writing and that it's as though they're talking to you, sometimes it sounds like they're just repeating themselves. And, but, but here is where we have to stop, think, meditate, reread, think about it, talk with the Father about it, right? This is a huge part of our private process with him. But let me just share this short bit. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Okay, what is this really saying? Well, if you cannot be alone, then you are using and potentially abusing uh, community as it's meant to be in our um, brotherhood, as the brethren in Christianity, in the family of Christ. Because if you cannot be by yourself with him and be uh, free and whole and at peace and calm, which I'm not saying that comes automatically. I understand that uh, is a work maybe in and of itself as we allow him to quiet us within and and that we um, don't pitch into, you know, the despair of, of being lonely because there is a big difference between aloneness, I am alone in the secret place with the Father, uh, and being lonely. But if we cannot be alone beware of community. Beware of how you will use it simply for yourself. And you go in, as Diedrich mentions in other chapters, you go in with your own wish dream, what I call your own fantasy fellowship. And you expect people to be a certain way to you and you demand that they do it. And you suck from the body of Christ in a way that can be detrimental to you and to them. Then the second sentence in that last quote from the book, let him who is not in community beware of being alone. It means if you're not rightly related to community, then beware of being by yourself because it can usually turn into isolation and criticism um, and turns into something that is um, not uh, beneficial. It's not profitable to you. Um, And this can oftentimes happen when we are in the places of disillusionment uh, or we have actually experienced um, true um, things that are truly offensive. 
Um, but the Father provides for us where there is true offense. Um, there are is real sin, meaning real ways that are separate from him. That's what sin is. It's, it's a whole way of life. It's behavior that is completely separate from God's way of life, where we use people. Uh, we don't truly value them. We use them for our own selfish need. Um, so, but you know, God has, God has a way for all of that. But what the enemy likes to do is have you go off, lick your wounds, be alone. The uh, offense festers and festers and festers and, you know, and then it just, it's going to lead you somewhere, my friends, you do not want to go. So I just wanted to add just those simple comments there to that last, um, two sentences of my reading from the book. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. So I pray that you will see in this time of where the veneer is ripping, where disillusionment is coming, in the learning of our and valuing our birthright of love, I hope you see that all of these things, the honey and the butter, the butter and the honey, all of these episodes, really everything, my friends, under the big tent of God's presence, it's all connected, but it's different layers of our life with him and together that we look at and that we learn as we go. This life, this life is not formulas. This life is not just right or wrong. Our life with him, from him is for him and then for us, that we might be rightly ordered within because of his way. And then we begin to live as debtors to all men because we have received so richly, right? Freely receive, freely give. But listen to me carefully, my friends. This isn't going to be some childish, baby-like way. This is the maturing of the sons. And we are meant to live as mature sons. And the childlikeness of Jesus does not keep us in a baby-like, innocent state. My friends, it's the full-blown righteous state of the sons. So all of this is connected because of him. And he's the only one who can make sense of it all and begin to bring it together to you. That's why the value of your aloneness with him is so, so important. Where you sit with him, he makes it all make sense as he talks to you. Not as you try to piece together the puzzle pieces of your life, as you allow him to weave all of this together. But my friends, we're not going to be childish. And the childlikeness of Jesus kept him trusting in the Father throughout everything. I might have more to say on this. Because this is a, a very important distinction as we continue on. As we continue on, as we abide and remain with him. Glad we were together today. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at 
N.B. McCready.